Chapter 9 of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Japanese Children at Play. But how about play? Are the lives of Japanese children made up of nothing but school and hard work? No, indeed. They play as well as study, and they have quite as much fun as we have at school. There are large playgrounds connected with the schools, and they engage in athletic sports of one kind or other at every recess. They have more playtime during the school day than our children, for on the average fifteen minutes are taken off from each hour for them to go out and drill or run around the grounds and do as they please. The Japanese play basketball, football, and cricket. They exercise as soldiers, and we see little companies with flags marching about here and there. They have all sorts of playthings, and there are toy stores in the cities. There are peddlers who wander over the country selling nothing but toys, and men who carry little ovens or stoves with real fire in them about the streets, and who have sweet dough for sale. A boy or girl can hire a stove for an hour for less than five cents, and the stove man will furnish the dough and look on while the child makes up cakes and bakes them. Sometimes the man cuts out Japanese letters, and the child cooks them and learns their names as he plays. There are also men who sit in the streets and mold animals, gin rickshaws, and other things of rice paste for children for a very small sum. The dressing of dolls is a favorite pastime for girls. There are three days of every year during which the people celebrate the Feast of the Dolls. At this time, all the dolls which have been kept in the family for generations are brought forth set upon shelves covered with red cloth and admired some of them represent the emperor and the empress and are treated with great honor receiving the best food of the feasts to which the dolls are served three times a day after the three days are ended these dolls are put away but the little japanese girl has other dolls with which she plays the year round there is also a day devoted to the boys. We shall know it by seeing great balloon-like paper fishes floating in the air from sticks fastened to the roof of each house in which a boy baby has been born during the year, and also from other houses where the parents are glad they have boys. The Japanese make kites of all kinds and shapes. Some are singing kites, which give forth a music like that of an aeolian harp as they float in the air being kept steady by two long tails, one tied to each lower corner. Others are of the shapes of dragons and babies, eagles and butterflies, and of all sorts of animals. Some kites have their strings coated with powdered glass for a length of thirty feet from the kite. This part of the string is first soaked with glue, after which the glass is dusted upon it. As the glue hardens, it holds the glass particles, and the string becomes as sharp as a file. It is so made for kite-fighting, a sport in which the boys try to see whose kite is the strongest. As they fly the kites through the air, each tries to make his string cross that of his fellows, and to pull it this way and that, so as to cut the string of the other in two. In such cases, the owner of the victorious kite has the right to the kite which has been cut loose. The Japanese have games of instruction, as well as games of play. They have puzzle maps made of pieces of wood, 
and by putting them together they learn the shape of Japan and of the world. They have a game much like our authors, called 100 Verses of 100 Poets, which teaches them the names and best sayings of the great Japanese scholars. They have also plays which teach morals. For instance, one of their games is like our Pussy Wants a Corner, but in Japan, the pussy is known by a name which represents a Japanese devil, and the corners of the room are called the harbors of truth, in which places only can safety be found. The Japanese are a moral people, and the children go to church much as we do at home. They often play about the churches or temples and picnic under their wide-spreading trees. The Japanese have two great religions. The oldest is Shinto, which means the ways of the gods. It consists largely of the worship of the heroes of Japanese history. The other is Buddhism, which was introduced into Japan about 600 A.D. It is one of the world's greatest religions, and we shall see more of it in Siam and Burma. Connected with these religions are gods of many kinds. Every house has a little shrine in it, before which the people place offerings, and there are public shrines and temples devoted to religion in all parts of Japan. Some of these are considered especially holy, and pilgrims by the thousand, with staves in their hands and with baggage tied to their backs, walk from one to another to offer their prayers. We meet Buddhist priests, who go about with shaved heads, and we spend hours in admiring the temples which have been erected to Buddha. They are one-story structures of wood with heavy roofs of black tiles. Many are of vast extent, and the interiors of some are gorgeous with carvings. They have rooms papered with gold leaf and walled with paintings by the Japanese masters. They contain images plated with gold. Japan has one statue of Buddha known as the Dai Butsu, which is among the great artworks of the world. This we visit at Kamakura, a small town on the seacoast not far from Yokohama. The statue is made of bronze plates so fitted together that the joints cannot be seen. It is an immense sitting figure as tall as a four-story house. It has eyes of pure gold, and there is a great ball of silver in the middle of its forehead. We get some idea of its size when we find that its bronze thumbs are so large that six of us can sit on each of them and have room to spare, and that its golden eyes are each three feet in length. End of chapter 9